Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to day nine of 30 Days of Terror. How you do? I just caught your eye and had to fight from bursting out laughing and I don't know why. You didn't even do anything. No. I just made eye contact with you while I was speaking. And I mean, I'm funny to look at. It is the truth. You're also, I just can sense all those really funny mm. jokes in your brain. Have you noticed that since we recorded the last episode about mirrors, that mirror has changed direction is now looking directly at me? I mean, I don't think the mirror is looking directly at you, but it does change direction quite regularly. It's, I've never for, seen it look at me like for that. For context, <laughs> it's a mirror that's hang. It's a hanging mirror that Dan does not like, and it's looking at me, and it's staring right at you. Next thing, there'll be footsteps. Don't even joke about that. No, I'm sorry. So I've got three stories for you today, and story number one comes from Martine. Now brace yourself. Just brace to get your tissues ready. I wanted to write while listening to your latest episode because I too had a non-scary post-pet death experience. My dog Oz, a schnauzer, died after being sick for a few years and maybe six months after he passed I would feel him jump up on the bed beside me at night time. Not every night, mind you, maybe a handful of times. It never disturbed me or my other dog who also slept on the bed. Was I dreaming? Was it just a form of muscle memory? I don't know. But there were a few occasions where the experience was so familiar and normal that I reached a hand out to pet him, the tangible sense of weight landing on the bed as he always did, in a way that was uniquely his, certainly felt real. I didn't and don't feel a need to process or make absolute sense of the experience because it was what it was and I'm perfectly fine with it just being a dream or maybe being an echo of him coming to rest with his pack one last time without sickness or pain. It was a reassurance either way which was perfectly in keeping with the nature of the loyal friend and companion that I knew in life. Oh, that's really sad. (laughs) And it's like dog. The dog didn't react because this. The other dog didn't react because this is pal. I just can't. I can't. I oh, Martine, that is that was so beautifully written, and I can't with pet stories, even though it's lovely. And like, do you know what? I I'm in the same boat as you. Just accept it. Just yeah, for just what it is. You don't need to right. try and rationalize it. You don't need to try and think. Oh, is that was that this that or the other? No. Just embrace Take it. it. As it is. Yeah. That's how you've interpreted it. That is And I mean there have been countless stories on the Facebook group about people who have lost pets and feeling them come back after they've lost them. 
I am 100% on board with animals having souls and coming back to their owners. 100%. Except Bim will probably come back as a zombie and start the zombie apocalypse because yeah. she's just that kind of bitch. <laughs> so our second story today comes from George. I live in Michigan. The state is haunted already by a bunch of weirdos. But we aren't here for the living. (laughs) I've always believed in the paranormal, the supernatural, or whatever you want to call it. And after I listen to an episode, I take time to reflect about it. And embarrassingly so, I talk to myself about it. I'm going to pause there for a second. I talk to myself all the time. Me too. When I'm in a car journey on my own, I have full-blown conversations with myself. And I'm here for it. Yep. I love it. I've always spoken to myself. Arguments have been lost and won in my car. Best conversations I ever have with myself. I often hear you talking to yourself (laughs) as well. When when you're downstairs and I'm upstairs. Dan is always talking to himself. But anyway, I digress. I ask questions and try to work out an answer. But I think talking out loud was a mistake. Because as you said before... I think I talked my own haunting spirit into existence. I say this because I've lived here for three years and I haven't had anything unusual ever happen here. A few days ago, I listened to an episode on my way home. It's about an hour drive and it was one of your shorter episodes. And as I said, I was reflecting about it for the rest of the journey home. Now, I'm a second shifter, so I get home right around midnight. We don't have enough garage space for my vehicle, so I have to park in the turnaround of our driveway. I get home, it's the end of my reflection, and I walk up to the house. As I get to the door of my garage, through the door window, almost as if hiding behind and peeking over the bottom of the window, a snow-white little boy's face was staring right at me, literally two feet away from me on the other side of the door. I jumped a little, I won't lie. But I have always had a theory about how to deal with spirits. And that, in my opinion, is to treat them as you would a friend or another human. I simply said, I need to get in, please move, and opened the door. I've no idea how, but I didn't see this little boy disappear. Like I was forcibly not able to pay attention to it after asking it to move. So I go inside and go to sleep and nothing else happens from that night four nights later I was having back pains the whole day my neck had been sore like I'd slept wrong and no matter what I did no amount of ice cured it the day was normal I'd spent some time with my neighbour and the whole time at his house the pain was gone at around 8.45pm I came home And as soon as I walked in the door, the pain started again. I still had to do the dishes for the night. So I go to the sink, put my music in and start. And that's when I see him. I was in the middle of putting dishes away when I caught my reflection in my peripheral vision. And hanging on my back was the boy. His hands on my neck and knees sort of in my lower back. And he had the biggest grin. Like he was having fun getting an all day piggyback ride. And the grin was not sinister. But just a child having fun. I kindly asked him to get off now. I've had enough. 
I look and he was gone and the pain stopped. But that night I couldn't sleep because my uncle who I live with was up all night cursing and complaining but I didn't listen to what about. Just thought he was being his old self watching some show on TV. So now it's today. It's November 23rd. I was sitting in the living room watching Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix for the 200th time (laughs) when I hear my uncle in his room say what the hell man? I thought nothing of it. A few minutes later he rushes into the living room looking at the ceiling and he just whispers come here fast. I follow him to his room and what sounds like a child's footsteps are walking around above his room. Whatever it is would walk a few steps, stop and then scratch like on the ceiling. My uncle said I told you man I've been hearing things up here the last couple of days. We don't have an attic but the area between the ceiling and the roof is still open. So if anyone wanted you could still go up there. Well guess what I did. Having a good idea that it was this boy I took a trip up to the crawl space which might I add can only be accessed from the same garage he was in the other night. Shining my flashlight around I found him. Not in the light but I saw him in a corner after I'd only just checked it and I told him that he needed to be respectful at night. We need sleep but it's okay to play during the day but to watch out for my uncle's room. I heard a tiny whisper. I don't know what it said but it sounded thankful. I came down started watching The Walking Dead and haven't heard anything since. My uncle is asleep finally and I think we're going to be fine. I hope. So maybe not exactly Toshio but really damn close. I hope you can take my story and maybe debunk it if possible. But I've no idea. Now I've something for you about The Whistler. The one with the video of the whistler on the river. Thank you. The whistle sounds exactly like Negan's whistle in The Walking Dead. So either the whistler is fake or he's a saviour. Or maybe that type of whistle just sounds, I guess, threatening. So maybe the show used it and it isn't actually fake. Last night on November the 25th, I returned to work. Had a pretty normal day clocked out and on my way home on the interstate halfway home the boy was walking down the highway towards where I'm coming from he stopped and stared at me like he was coming to my work to find me noticed I was driving and just watched me pass I looked in my mirror and it appeared like he was crying like I just left him or something I get home and it just feels like I lost someone close to me. I became completely overwhelmed with sadness and even cried for a little bit. And I went to sleep. And no, I have not lost anyone. I feel like I had this feeling about the boy. And while I was thinking about getting ready for work, directly below me in my room, something hit the floor from the basement. I went down there. And upon my descent into the basement, I caught something, completely black, disappearing into the other room in the basement. Now I've seen enough ghost adventures, 
and listened to you guys enough to know not to fuck with the black spirit. I said out loud, fuck you, and went back upstairs. I came to work and on my break I decided I should probably tell you now instead of wait for more things to happen in case this demon or whatever is trying to kill me. So if you see George on the Millington, Michigan obituary, just know it was definitely this demon. But on a serious note, I will do some investigation. But I have to be careful. I want to get rid of this thing. Both the demon and the little boy if he comes back. Mm, I mean, absolutely no, not. No, no, no. No, no talk, guys. That story no. gave me proper goosebumps. I was doing that thing where I flail my Could arms when I'm getting freaked yeah, out telling the no, story. No, not having that. I I'm, sometimes... I'm a little bit torn about this story because I don't know whether... I admire the the control that he seems to have over the little boy just by being frank and nice Polite, with it. yeah. However, the inner scaredy cat of me is saying, do not acknowledge this thing. It's trickery. It's the... <sighs> the bit that slayed me was when he caught his reflection and the little boy was hanging on his back. That was the boy in the highway for me. Oh. <sighs> Walking down the highway. I am. Um, I wish sometimes wish people could see us when we do these episodes because I, I start I to. Don't. <laughs> I start to flail like you know those yeah. um those little inflatable things outside car dealerships yeah. in America. That Bailey used to have on her entrance. Yeah, I I sort of flail like one of those when I start to get freaked out. And Dan is obviously topless. Always. Just just to let everyone know. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know if you are a George because your name starts with a J, but I'm I'm going for George J J O R G E. So, George, I'm not even going to try and rationalise this. I'm just noping the fuck out because this is very Toshio territory. If you're wondering about Toshio, Toshio is the little boy in the grudge. That's all I could see the whole way through this story and absolutely not. I think I felt it it, that sort of, it's that impending like round every corner of Dear David that had like elements of that to it as well. That did give me the hijinis. Oh, and the crawl space as well. What what crawl space is well, I know, I know what crawl spaces are for. I get it, it's structural, you need it, but oh. Um and just for anybody who doesn't watch The Walking Dead, Negan is a reference to The Walking Dead. He's a mm. character in The Walking Dead, just so you know. I also have realized that a lot of our stories have that two note whistle. That lots of people in that story mm. have heard a two note whistle, like the whistler story that traumatized me so. Blah, blah. Today's stories are making my skin crawl. Well, the first one didn't. No, the first one was the dog one. It okay, did. I'm talking about the fact that we also just recorded episode eight, and yes. that made my skin crawl too. Um, I've got one more story for you. I don't know if I can handle it, but go for it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Story number three comes from Deborah. After listening to the stories other listeners have sent in, I started thinking about the odd things that happened in the house I grew up in. They were so few and far between, it was easy to forget about them, even during my childhood. I hadn't actually thought about the incidents in details for years, but recently they came up because my partner and I were talking about ghosts. Unlike the movies, I didn't feel any narrative related to the incidents. They didn't happen slowly at first and then get more and more terrifying before it ended in a dramatic climax. I didn't get to know the entities. I didn't know if they were someone's husband, child or whatever. There were just odd, unexplained incidents that happened. The incidents were each their own separate thing and they didn't seem to be related. I grew up on a farm in New Zealand, literally in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what the first incident was, but when I've told the stories previously... I've always started with the night my older sister and I heard a noise. We were around 9 to 11 years old at the time. My parents had just tucked us into bed and turned out the light. I remember lying in bed across the room from my sister and being really annoyed because she was making lots of noise and I couldn't get to sleep. I told her to shut up and then she told me to shut up. She, however, did not shut up. So I told her again to be quiet, but she replied that it was me that was making all the noise. We argued for a bit, but then we seemed to realise that maybe we were both telling the truth. I said, on the count of three, we will both be really quiet and we won't even move or breathe. We counted down and we both went silent. Not a peep was coming from me or my sister. Then the noise started up. It sounded like an old man's raspy, laboured breathing. And it was coming from under my sister's bed. We both freaked the hell out and ran out of the room screaming. We shouted to our mum and dad that there was someone in our room and they both came up to investigate. They looked in the wardrobe and under both of our beds and of course there was nobody there. My mum said it was probably just a possum. Where I live now, I often hear possums from my bedroom. And while they do make creepy as sounds, it is slightly different to what we heard. Plus, that doesn't really explain why it seemed to be coming from inside our room, under my sister's bed. I don't like saying that it was a ghost. Because if ghosts are real, then they don't need to breathe because they're dead. But I can't specifically remember in detail another time when I heard the noise. My sister claims to have heard it a few more times. A little while later, she got her own room and I had that room all to myself. But I must have heard it a couple of times because I remember being really afraid at night time a lot in my early tween years. Throughout my tween teenager years when I had the room to myself... I used to have to go to sleep with the TV on because I was so scared. 
Another odd thing that happened when I was a kid, and I don't remember if this was before or after the noise incident. I do remember it was in the late afternoon on a summer's day. For some reason, I was laying on my sister's bed with my face down at the foot of the bed. I looked up and there was a little boy in the doorway opposite me. I remember exactly what he looked like. He was around five years old with light brown hair, big round brown eyes and a brown woolen jumper and brown pants. I wasn't afraid when I saw him. I was just mildly curious. I blinked and then he was gone. And I never saw him again. I must have been a sceptic even as a kid because I assumed it was my eyes adjusting to the light after having them closed. I never really thought about the boy for the next couple of years. And it wasn't until I was in my late teens or early twenties that I even thought to tell anyone. My sister once saw an ornament fall off a bookcase in our room for no apparent reason. Another time, my mum was changing the sheets on my bed and she got a fright after seeing two ghostly handprints right above my pillow. She showed me the handprints after I got home from school and she got me to put my hands on them to see if they lined up. They didn't. The handprints were slightly longer and slimmer than my hands and the fingertips were also slightly pointed. They were quite freaky looking because of how ghostly white they were. My mum tried to wash them off the wall, but they just wouldn't come off. It was only when I was 16 and we repainted the room that they disappeared. While most of the odd things did seem to happen in my room, I can remember two occurrences where they happened elsewhere. The first one happened to my mum, but I was home at the time so I remember seeing her being a bit freaked out. She went outside one night to get some more firewood from the shed at the back of our property. We had no lights out there, so it was completely dark apart from maybe a torch and the moonlight coming through the door of the woodshed. My mum was loading up the wheelbarrow when she felt someone behind her grab her on the shoulder. No one was there, and she came running back into the house. She asked if it was one of us kids playing a practical joke on her. But it wasn't any of us. We wouldn't have been bothered to go out the back of the property in the dark on a cold winter's night just to scare my mum. And if we did, we would have found it too funny to keep it a secret. The second occurrence that happened outside of my room is also the last one to date. I finished high school and moved out of home and on with my life. However, one night when I was around 20 or 21, we were having a family dinner back at home. My brother's sister and their partners were there as well. Something to note about the house is that the kitchen and dining room are in an open plan room with just an island separating them. My siblings and I were sitting around the table chatting while my mum was cutting some veggies in the kitchen on the island. She stopped cutting, put the knife down, and walked to the stove. I remember seeing the knife fling itself off the bench and across the dining room and land at my brother's then-girlfriend's feet. Naturally, we all laughed and said the ghost wanted to hurt her. Later that night, my mum walked into the kitchen to put something in the bin, when the lid of the bin rose up and hurled itself at her head as she was walking away. 
the really weird thing about that night is that I don't remember any of us being scared or even being that interested in what happened. I've talked about it with my mum and sister in the years since, but it has never been something we classed as scary. It was just an odd thing that happened. This could have potentially been because there was a big group of us all having a good time together. If it had happened to one of us when we were alone, then we probably would have reacted differently. The last incident was about seven years ago. I haven't heard of anything else happening since. Though only my parents live there now, and they can be quite blasé about it all. My mum had a heart attack about a month ago while on holiday in Australia. And she tells the story of it happening like she is a comedian doing a stand-up show. That just goes to show how seriously she takes things. So things could be happening, and she just doesn't feel the need to share it. A few other things happened in my room. Like, I thought someone stroked my face one night. And a few other things like that, but it's hard to know what's real. The above incidents happened when I wasn't already feeling anxious or scared. So I feel like they're more noteworthy and legitimate. After stuff started happening, I began to feel quite afraid in my room. So my overactive imagination probably imagined some of the other things. After hearing you guys talk about epilepsy in a few episodes... I thought I should add that I have temporal lobe epilepsy. I was only diagnosed when I was 19, but I know I had it during my childhood. I hardly ever have seizures now, but when I do, it's mostly blank seizures. As a child, I used to have aura seizures frequently, but during my adult life, I've only had one or two. An aura seizure can signal that a bigger seizure is coming, but generally for me, I would just have an aura seizure and that's it. When I have an aura seizure, my mind becomes disconnected from my body, sort of like an outer body experience. And sometimes I smell things that don't exist. You could argue that some of the stuff I experienced as a child could have just been me having a seizure. Who knows? But it's probably more likely that I had a seizure than actually seeing a ghost boy in my room. I mean, that might be the case with the seizures. But it doesn't explain the knives getting thrown across the room. No. A seizure does not explain that bad boy. No, and, and you don't it also, get shared experiencing seizures either, do you? No, you don't, it also doesn't explain the growling no. under the bed. No. The rasping breathing, I no. mean. Oh, that that gave me the shivers. Yeah. No, thank you. No. Sounds haunted to me. The place sounds haunted. Sounds... I love how blasé they are about it, though. Oh, yeah. They're just, they're just like, oh, fuck it. How oh, they guys are trying to kill you. It literally launched a knife across the kitchen at you. And they're like, lol. <laughs> You're in danger. <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen that little movement that you just did. It was great. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. It was great. Yeah, okay. But I I think it's really interesting that we've, like, in yesterday's episode, we talked about auras as well and mm. seizures. And um, and they are genuine. Like, auras are really frightening. I don't yeah. have seizures, but I do have migraines. You get auras with migraines too, and, and they are really frightening. First time I had one, I literally thought I was having a stroke. Oh, I thought I was going blind. Yeah. Because I, I have, my auras, I lose sight. So I get like Me tunnel, too. I get like vision, yeah. And I just thought I was going blind. I was like, oh no, what have I done? And then Yeah, it's really it's really scary. So and, and auras obviously present themselves differently and are generally more severe for people who have seizures. So mm. for some people their aura might be hearing voices or it might be smelling things or it might be seeing things. So they can be really frightening for people. Mm. 
but it doesn't sound a knife throwing itself across the room does not sound like an aura to me no no and i like i like the fact you tried to debunk your own story and it might explain some of it like the individual experiences but there's two at least two experiences that you told us about there that were shared with other people yeah so um so unless you have the most powerful aura in the world imagine though imagine if that was actually the case that would be pretty amazing Hmm. but also terrifying so if you enjoyed today's episode you can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram at 50p Movie Club. You can find us on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give us a like and join the supergroup, which is RLGS Supergroup, and the password is Emma and Dan. Does anybody actually listen to this point? I don't I'm, know. I'm kind of hoping do. they are because uh, there's been a couple recently where we've just lost the lost the plot. Like there was that one where you just like if you want to find me. Yeah. What if I'm me on Twitter and me on Facebook because it's the Emma show. It's all about me. Yeah, I don't know if people still listen to this point, but we'll keep going. Yeah. Um if you want to send in your own story, you can send it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I bit. stole your line. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month, you get access to loads of extra content. Don't forget that if you donate to the GoFundMe of Out of the Wood woods wildlife in the month of august you have the chance to win some real life ghost stories merchandise doesn't matter if your donation is one dollar or a million dollars you still have the chance to win and if you have a million dollars to spare and you'd like to donate it out of the woods i'm sure they'll gratefully accept it all those raccoons will be so happy amazing they will be blinged up imagine if you get some more bling <laughs> um what do they have to do to enter this competition just take a screenshot so you can when somebody enters into a gofundme you can see their name. Okay. So you can see all the people that have entered. That's how. Don't worry. Okay. You're not just going to be like, oh no, I now have entered and nobody's seen my name. So just make sure that you do put your name because if you put it down as anonymous, I'm not going to know who you are. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.